Canadian activist and Sikh community leader Hardeeb Singh Ninjar was murdered last summer. Canadian officials only recently blamed India. Backlash ensued. But as more and more documents have come to light, the situation is much murkier than we thought. What really happened? Nijar was a Canadian citizen in British Columbia, but India labeled him a terrorist because he advocated for a secession of land within India to be given to Sikh practitioners within the majority Hindu practicing country. With his murder in June of this year, Canada expelled an Indian diplomat and tensions between the two countries has heightened. Just last week, though, the United States revealed that they had sent warnings to Canada concerning the Sikh leader that he had been targeted for assassination. Prior to the killing, Canada had warned him as well. As a Western ally, the alleged involvement of the Indian government is disconcerting to many. Secrecy, death threats, murder, evil lurks ready to strike. But only in Christ, our evil is vanquished. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this week... We are in a series called The Christian's Warfare. We're drawing on a book that C.S. Lewis wrote called The Screwtape Letters. It's an intriguing book, written in the depths of World War II, where evil was evident all around. England was enduring the Blitz. Hitler's army was rolling over Europe. Jews were already being carted off to death camps. But Lewis wrote beyond evil that could be seen. Spiritual forces have always been arrayed in a fight that one day God will end. But until then, these unseen forces are at work. In a moment, we'll be joined again by Paul McCusker, who envisioned and produced a profound audio drama of the Screwtape Letters by Lewis. Even if you've read the classic book, this drama will bring the reality of the unseen evil to life. Listen to an excerpt with me. Daily pinpricks? Pinpricks, yes. There are several useful methods to employ. Uh, make note. Um, oh, right. Uh, yes, okay, ready? First, you must keep his mind on the inner life. He thinks his conversion is something inside him, and his attention is therefore chiefly turned at present to the states of his own mind. Encourage this. Keep his mind off the basic humdrum everyday duties of life by misdirecting it to what he imagines are the most advanced and spiritual ones. Hmm. Uh, For example, you must bring him to a condition where he can practice self-examination for an hour without discovering any of those facts about himself which are perfectly clear to anyone who has ever spent any time with him. Self-examination. That's a little bit from the dramatic audio production of the Screwtape Letters. We have it for you on CD as our thanks for your helping share the reality of good versus evil here on Haven Today. Get in touch with us after the program and for your support we'll send you the CD set Originally produced by Focus on the Family's Radio Theater. Go to our website after the program to hear more at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And now, I can't think of a better way to open this program than with a famous hymn written by Martin Luther. Stronghold never 
course, that was a mighty fortress is our God, the worship initiative featuring Dinah Wright here on a haven today called The Christian's Warfare. I'm Charles Morris, and we picked that tune especially for the third verse. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word, a word from God, shall fell him. One of the most dangerous things we can do is forget our true enemy. If you tuned in to the news or check in on social media at any point in the last couple of years, you could have heard all about our enemies. Enemies abroad. Enemies domestic, enemies political or religious, enemies that want to destroy your life, your home, your family. We're hearing about enemies all around us, and as serious as some of these might be, each and every one of them is wrong, the wrong enemy. The Apostle Paul was clear, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Human beings are not now and have not ever been our enemy, but we forget that. And when we forget that, then the true enemy has won. Darkness, sin, Satan. These are our true enemies. The enemies that lurk underneath the surface, seeking their opportunity to strike. Evil, the powers and the principalities, the prince of the power of the air. It is this world of nefarious devils and deceptive demons that C.S. Lewis wrote about in his classic Screwtape Letters. But he didn't write it in the way that one might expect. It's such a dark and somber topic, you would expect a book that puts us in the world of fantasy and heroic conquests and dragons, but that is not where C.S. Lewis took us. He took us to the mundane. He took us to the ordinary. And in the ordinary, he shows something about how evil really works in the day in and day out of our lives. I got a chance to sit down with producer Paul McCusker, and we spoke about his audio drama of the Screwtape Letters. Listen in. Why do you think almost a satire, I guess you could describe the Screwtape Letters as, why do you think that's so poignant in revealing how Satan really does work? I think many times Christians have a false impression of how Satan is working in our world today. But Lewis went at it another way. The brilliance of C.S. Lewis is that he turned everything around, making mm -hmm. what you could argue uh, as, as familiar, unfamiliar now. And what he did was he turned everything around so that we're looking at demons and temptation and our own human foibles in a different way. And by using something like satire and comedy to have us even laughing to some degree about uh, what Screwtape is doing, then we even see ourselves in a fresh light. Laughter will always do that. It makes us see things just a little bit differently. And even though it's not strictly a comedy, it's uh, uh, tragic at various times in, in the story. But through these letters, we get a sense of ourselves because at times we're laughing at ourselves, mm -hmm. which is very disarming and makes us see, see things anew. And in the Screwtape letters, Screwtape 
is the representative of Satan or the, the senior devil, I guess. Mm-hmm. And in the screw tape letters, screw tape is a senior demon who's teaching his nephew and he's the ultimate bureaucrat. You know, here's how you do your job. Here's the way you fill out the forms. Here's the way you have to do it to be effective. And in doing that, he unmasks unintentionally demonic efforts for those of us to see. It's like this document has somehow slipped out of hell itself, and nobody knows how it got to us. But now we see the plans behind the scene. The truth is revealed. That was Paul McCusker telling us why he thinks C.S. Lewis wrote the screw tape letters the way he did, as a kind of satire, using humor and normal daily activities to show us the deceptive and destructive nature of demonic and spiritual evil. It helps us get into the ordinary, helps us think through the real circumstances of our own lives. But there's something else, too. Satire is a way to ridicule the powers that be. Mark Twain was probably the most famous satirist in American history, and his stories were always aimed at the culture around him. He wanted his readers to laugh, but while they laughed, he wanted them to think about their place in the world and perhaps to see some of the things that they were doing as wrong. Satire works that way. It puts our enemies to open shame. And I think that is what Isaiah the prophet was doing when he ridiculed the king of Babylon in chapter 14. Let me share a few verses. I'll pick it up at verse 3. Take up this taunt against the king of Babylon, how the oppressor has come to an end, how his fury has ended. The Lord has broken the rod of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers, which in anger struck down peoples with unceasing blows, and in fury subdued nations with relentless aggression. All the lands are at rest and at peace. They break into singing. Even the junipers and the cedars of Lebanon gloat over you and say, Now that you have been laid low, no one comes to cut us down. The realm of the dead below is all astir to meet you at your coming. It rouses the spirits of the departed to greet you, all those who were leaders in the world. It makes them rise from their thrones all those who were kings over the nations. And then in verse 10 of Isaiah 14, they will all respond. They will say to you, you have also become weak as we are. You have become like us. All your pomp has been brought down to the grave, along with the noise of your harps. Maggots are spread out beneath you and worms cover you. How have you fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn? You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead to the depths of the pit. Those who see you stare at you. They ponder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made kingdoms tremble? The man who made the world a wilderness, who overthrew its cities and would not let his captives go home? So there you heard it from Isaiah. 
He calls it a taunt, a taunt against the king of Babylon, the oppressive king that thought he would destroy Israel once and for all, but he was wrong, of course. The Lord protected his people. The Lord stayed with them throughout their time in exile. But the king of Babylon thought otherwise. He was a military enemy against the people. But more than that, he represented Satan and demonic forces coming against the Lord and his anointed. And the Lord subjected Satan to this satire. Did you hear some of that towards the end of what I shared from Isaiah? The prophet was writing against Satan under the guise of attacking the king of Babylon. And he says, weren't you the morning star? Weren't you the one who would ascend to the heights of heaven? I thought you were the one who could shake the earth and make nations tremble in your wake. Satan had this arrogance at the very beginning, and he was cast out of heaven as a result. Yet today he still prowls around, filled with pride in his heart. Now, Isaiah's satire, when you read it in the context of that, can help you have a chuckle. We can see the foolishness of Satan's plan for what it is. You're going to attack the Almighty? You're going to ascend to heaven? You're going to take over? You? The one who already was kicked out? Good luck at that. In fact, the dead and Sheol are already laughing at you. They think you're just as weak as they are. You were going to rise to the heights, but instead you've been cast down into the pit. Isaiah reminding us that he has been cast out, cast down to the earth, and is now awaiting his final judgment. He thought he would sit enthroned above all things, but actually he's been thrown out of the party with the door locked behind him. How foolish Satan must be. I think this is what Isaiah was doing here showing us how foolish Satan really is. He was helping us appreciate the victory we have over the evil in the world, but he was also showing us how powerful and loving our Lord is as well. The Lord doesn't set his wrath against the downtrodden and abused, does he? He breaks the rod of the wicked. He steps in, and he stops evil from wrecking havoc. He steps in and saves his people. Satan was trying to usurp the throne, but whose throne was it? It belonged to the Lord. The Lord is still sovereign over all, even Satan. Satan was trying to beset the Lord's plans, but what were those plans? Plans to save us, plans to rescue us from darkness, plans to destroy Satan and evil once and for all. And where does that victory come from? Jesus. Jesus commanded the demons while he was on earth. Jesus overcame sickness, physical disabilities, even death while he was on earth, showing what he came to do in the spiritual realm. But then he died, and it looked like Satan had won again. But yet again, Satan was laid bare to ridicule because Jesus rose from the dead. His resurrection is what seals our salvation. Satan has been dealt the final blow once and for all. Now, all that waits is the execution. Satan has been defeated yet again, but we can laugh. But in the midst of laughter, we know that evil is sinister. Evil tries to lure us away from the Lord everywhere we turn. The secret is to keep Christ in our mind's eye, to keep Christ 
at the center of our lives as we turn to him again and again in faith. Satan thought he was going to triumph over us and over the Lord. But it is we who triumph more than conquerors, all because of Jesus. In heavenly armor we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. We sing to the Lord. Here on A Haven Today, the Christian's Warfare. Halloween decorations are already filling up neighborhood streets. They often make light of evil characters, real and imaginary. And in some ways, that is very disarming. We can even be made to trivialize the idea of dark spirits. And in other ways, that same darkness is celebrated on Halloween. Well, rather than celebrate or make light of evil spirits this October, may I invite you to take part in what C.S. Lewis called learning in reverse. To do that, I want to tell you again about a first-class dramatization of the Screwtape Letters where hell is imagined as a gruesome bureaucracy with demons laboring in a vast enterprise to lure and deceive humans away from what Lewis calls the enemy but he really was referencing God. Written in the dark days of 
World War II, where evil was so apparent, Lewis brilliantly conveys the subtleties of darkness. If you haven't read the book, it is a good read. But the dramatization that we have gives it all without being, in a sense, a dry series of monologues. You'll hear a cinematic experience. Scenes are thoughtfully acted and edited together with an original score and professional actors. Fans of Lord of the Rings will also recognize Andy Serkis. He's the actor who played Gollum in the main role of Screwtape. And in the end, I think so many believers can benefit from learning in reverse as the narrative points to these demonic characters but reinforces the better and opposite biblical perspective that leads you to Jesus. So why not this October? Enjoy the dramatization of the Screwtape Letters. You just need to get in touch with us. We have a special set on CD for you. You just need to visit haventoday.org. Listen to samples from the radio drama, haventoday.org. Or you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And we'll get you the CD set right away for your gift to the ministry. And finally, if you wanted to but didn't get a copy of the musical special edition DVD of Jesus from Sight and Sound, in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, that we were featuring last week. We still have that as well on the life of Christ when you call us or when you go to our website. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The world's strongest man. Ever seen those competitions on sports television? Usually they involve huge, hulking men doing things that seem absolutely ridiculous, like pulling a semi-truck with a chain or racing each other while carrying fridges. You can't watch things like that without being in awe at the raw physical strength of these men. But you know, even the strongest man in the world is nothing compared to the strongest strong one, the Lord Yahweh, the creator of all things. And this is what we read in Deuteronomy 32. He is the rock, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just. And not only is God the rock, he's also upright and just. And that's why he can be our refuge and hope. Grow stronger in God's word daily with Anchor Devotional. Try it out at getanchor.com.